Hey, this is Danny Brown with The Deal. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe and comment at wherever you consume your podcast. We appreciate you listening. This week's guest, special guest, John Orlando, my man from Vegas, Action Junkies podcast. Check him out. Known him a long time, played ball together, and uh, we get into some fun stories. This was recorded at the end of last baseball season, so you may hear some Dodger references and baseball references. Hope you enjoyed as much as we do. Talk to you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm thrilled today to have my good buddy John Orlando in the house. Hey, hey. Welcome to The Deal. I love it. I'm Danny Brown, as you guys know. John and I have a long history, but first of all, I've been trying to book John since we launched six months ago, and you're a man of your word. You said, I'm going to do the show when I'm in LA, and I know we've tried to reschedule a bunch of times as you're flying in and out, but we got you here. I love it. And I'm happy about it. Um, Thank you. Before I get into this, I got to give some history here. John yeah, and I go way back. There's a lot back. of history. There is a lot of history. A lot of LA history. Uh, first of all, I will say, and I hate to out you, but John Orlando is uh, Hollywood royalty, the son <laughs> of Tony Orlando. And I say that because I've known you and your dad for years, and yeah. you've always been so non-Hollywood, so down to earth, good, solid people. Your dad used to come to our Little League games and yep. high five and cheer. He's a warm, friendly, down to earth guy. There was no bullshit. There was no you know, pomp and sense, which is very rare. So I always appreciate that about you and, and Tony. Uh, John and I went back to Little League playing together. On um, Do you know how many teams? Uh, how many? I know the Pirates. Well, Angels? Angels. Oh, God. Angels. Angels, too. West all started LA. on the Angels. It all started on the Angels. When you weren't on the Orioles. No. One, yeah, Angels. Angels. I just know Senior League Pirates is when we all put it together yes. and we start dominating. Yes. <laughs> we had Barry Levine on that Barry team, Levine, too. Barry Levine, the Fisher brothers, yep. and uh, on and on. And then we went to rival high schools. We won the city championship one year. You guys went the next year, Dodger Stadium. Yep. And then we went off to college, and everyone's kind of gone and different ways and have come back together. But interesting thing, I don't know how to define John Orlando. You're a comedian, you're an entrepreneur, I'm you're an entertainer. You're kind of like the convergence of an entrepreneur, yeah. entrepreneur and entertainer. You've been very involved in tech startups, yeah. very involved in Vegas sports. You now live in Vegas. So I don't know how to define basically, you. Basically, I'm a guy that never wanted to have a real job, basically, <laughs> right? Yeah. Out, of, out of college, which by the way, I dropped out with a semester to go. Oh, you know, perfect. I went to UNLV for two years, transferred to Cal State Northridge for two years, majored in film directing, dropped out with a semester to go oh. to do stand up for my dad uh, in Branson, Missouri. I remember uh, that when you first in, went on the road in, when was I was in... 22, which is a long so time young. ago, as you know. So you started your entertainment career officially in Branson, yeah, Missouri. Yeah, in Branson, Missouri. First time on stage was the 2000 people had never even been on stage, had never even held a microphone before. And uh, and it felt weird. So I made them hook me up on like a lavalier on my suit. And my dad like overheard the conversation to the that I was having with the sound man. And my dad like stepped in, you know, because my dad's been around the block in entertainment yeah. for a little bit. So, you know, he had some yeah. words of wisdom. Of course, yeah. I don't want to listen because I think I know it all. You know it all. Of course. Yeah. And he says, uh, I don't think you want a lavalier. I'm like, why? He's like, you're not going to know what to do with your hands. And I thought, what a silly thing to say. What do you mean? I won't know what to do with my hands. Like, what's so hard? He's like. It's different when you're up there. I'm like, <laughs> what do you know, old man? How does he know, you know nothing? Yeah. You know. So I insisted on the lavalier. I get on stage. I'm supposed to do five minutes, and this is a sold out. Two thousand people in the theater, and the people are literally like Norman Brokaw, the chairman of the board of the William Morris Agency at the time. You know, before yeah. WME even right. Uh, you know, Bobby Vinton, Wayne Newton, uh, Andy Williams. You know, the Osmonds. And you you're know, stepping on. For yeah, the first time. Entertainment you don't know Tonight shit. was there videoing it to do like a little segment and like, you know, Ugh. like Orlando passes the torch kind of a thing. So I've got five minutes of material I'm supposed to do. Danny, I ripped through the five minutes in about a minute and a half. I'm not even kidding you. I was talking that fast. Sweating. Sweating, sweating like Matt Slavin <laughs> eating a bowl of soup at the Sizzler. Okay. That's an inside joke yeah, inside for only joke. nine people. But uh, yeah. uh, sweating, yeah, like, like crazy. 
And uh, <laughs> and I did not know what to do with my hands. It was like they had you a mind just everywhere. flailing around and like on video, like a small thing looks. When you start doing this, it looks crazy, <laughs> as you will see. Uh, yeah, really bad. And so that uh, was your first experience. That was my first experience. And you went back for more after that. Yeah, thing. luckily I had job security uh, because I should have been cut. Right then, your ass should have been canned right 100%, there. hundred percent. So, how long did you do stand up? And ten years, wow, ended up doing. Uh, never really did too many comedy clubs. Never worked on Sunset here. It was really weird. Like I kind of had a reverse stand up career. Like normally you'd go to open mic night, then you'd get a, a weekly spot like at a comedy club, and then you'd hopefully go out on the road and open for you know different entertainers and stuff. Right. I started by opening for my dad and then parlayed that to once I got good at it, if I could say that I ever got good at it. I don't know. That's questionable. But um, uh, and then I had to get opening, better in 10 yeah, years. Yeah, I got better. Yeah, like it took me a, a minute to get comfortable. Like but then either. once I got comfortable, I was opening for like Tom Jones and Paul Anka and Dion Warwick and the Four Tops and the Temptations. Anyone that's, awesome. that's in the, you know, Tony Orlando category, yeah. pretty much, uh, I opened for, for for 10 years. It was great. So you got some insights into some serious Hollywood yeah. performance and what's going on. So I didn't realize it was so many. So you did hundreds of shows. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Just those. the Branson schedule was two shows a day, six days a week for eight years yeah. that I did. So... Plus, Are you doing any of that anymore? You ever once in a no, while do it? So you've no, given I, it all up for business or podcasting? Yeah, it was Action weird. junkies, yeah, Vegas yeah. junkies. Yeah, so I, I got kind of burned out doing stand-up. Like, it's fun to work Vegas, but how many times can you go to, like, Council Bluffs, Iowa and tell jokes or Minot, North Dakota or Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan yeah, so or Cheyenne, as glamorous Wyoming? As yeah, you know, um, like, if I could just open for Tom Jones in Las Vegas, sign me up. But sadly, that's not, not that lucky. That's not, that's how not on the table. Um, yeah, so... Uh, uh, September 11th happened. So stand-up was obviously the first thing they kind of cut from the card. No one felt like laughing at, at that time, you know, back then. And so I took some time off to, I thought I was just taking time off. And then when things got back to normal, I'd go back to stand-up. But in that time, it was really weird. A friend of mine who uh, had another friend who worked at a magazine called Controversy Magazine. Um, it was owned by uh, Quentin Corriott, a football player, played uh, okay. the Colts and the Cowboys, and and his partner was Marshall Falk, mm -hmm. obviously. No, Marshall, of and uh, they needed to get Brooke Burke on the cover of their magazine. So they somehow, so, you know, through six degrees of separation, a friend of a friend of a friend was like, I might have a guy, and I was that guy. You were the guy. And I, and I actually did have a friend uh, that modeled with Brooke, uh, at the time for like Venus Swimmer. And this was like when so you, she had the show like Wild On. on oh, e. that was when she was at the peak. Right, right, right. This is pre David Charvet. Correct. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> My yeah. boy Dave, I yeah. should get him on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, went cool to, he went to uni with me, by the oh, way. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. He's a good buddy from high school. Really? Yep. One what? degree, one degree, one degree of separation from huh. uni high or whatever. Yes, he I did. No. Good dude. Good dude. Yeah. Great yeah. volleyball player. Was he? Yeah. yeah. And just a stud. That guy's well, just, I mean, come that's on. Just, yeah, it's ridiculous. not even fair to look like no, that. It wasn't it's not fair. Right. Yeah, it wasn't fair. It's not fair. <laughs> so uh, I got Brooke on the cover of this magazine. Um, and then literally like overnight, I ended up getting an offer from Controversy. Like, we want you to find every cover. We're six issues a year. Find every cover and find a girl we can feature on the inside. And at the time... You know, I was a single guy, and I thought, wow, this is a great way to meet women. Like, I wasn't even thinking they were, were going to pay me. Like, it wasn't I even was a just, job. It was yeah, just I was fun. Doing this, and, like, I love sports. So I was like, I, just to say I'm working with Marshall Falk and, uh, and uh, Quentin Corriott, sign me up, you know? And that turned into a PR firm yeah. uh, for 10 years. And, and because I started with the guys, football players and models, we, our niche became reaching the male demo 18 to 34 because we had out athletes, models, alcohol brands, casinos. And, uh, and a PR firm was born. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how you made your transition from performer to business entrepreneur. Right. And I know you've also gotten involved with some tech companies. Yeah, yeah. So then along the way, one of my clients was a poker site when I had the PR firm. Yeah. And uh, that client, when they made online gaming illegal in this country, which now it's making a comeback. But at the time, they, they passed a bill where you couldn't bet on poker. You couldn't play poker online anymore. Um, so he went on to open up a mobile app development company. Mm -hmm. I joined his team 
I was there for like five years and it was fun, but it wasn't really me. Like it was doing biz dev and like they wanted like Danny, I'm like you can't be a comedian on Friday and then a sales guy business owner on Monday and then be working for someone when you've never really worked for someone your entire life other than like front yeah. runner shoes in Brentwood oh, yes, and college. Right, 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 right. So, you know, <laughs> another inside joke that right, 10 people exactly. will know. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a great podcast for people that know us, yeah. you know, but they don't listen. So yeah. now what do we do? Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, I have the same problem with mine. Yeah. Don't feel bad. You'll get through it. So um, tell me about the podcast, Action yeah. Junkies, Vegas. I know Action Junkies has been around for years. Yeah, yeah. So, it's been uh, so tell years. me about the development of that, the growth of that, and starting now yeah. with Vegas Junkies, which is a TV show too out of the yeah, Tropicana. Well, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is like the new TV now, right? So, uh, it's, it's the been Seth Rothstein show. What do we call it? Right, exactly, exactly. It's very casino like. <laughs> yeah, casino. I'm just following in his footsteps Perfect. that's how i'll be owning that place soon um, good yeah you know so i was getting after you know 10 years of the pr firm five years of this mobile app company as you know time goes fast man you blink and it's like I, boom, I 15 years and i realized wow i just spent 15 years on something i didn't really love like i was good at it but i didn't love it yeah. you know and i was um sounds hokey but i was listening to i think you follow him too gary vaynerchuk of course uh three or four years ago and um, Gary up, V. Yeah, Gary V's been on my radar screen for a long time, even prior to that. Me too. I yeah, yeah. early social media. He was talking to real estate guys. Like right. this is like 2006. Yep. Talking Facebook. He was still doing pushing the wine. Yep. And I was like, who is this kid? This but guy's got, got it. mad energy. And yeah. Like wow. Yeah. He cuts so, right through the noise. Right. Right. Spot on. Right. Yeah. So I was watching a video of his like three years ago, and he said, my advice to anyone listening that doesn't know what they want to do next is triple down on what you're good at. And so when I asked myself what I'm good at, I'm good at talking, you know? And so I didn't want to necessarily go back to stand up um, and podcasting kind of that format made sense for me because stand up's a lot of pressure. Like I never even really consider myself a comedian. Like I, I, uh, I always felt when I was on stage like I was playing a part in a movie of a comedian. I never felt it never felt natural to me. I'm not the really? best writer for comedy. Um, you have to be a writer to do that. I mean, you're yeah. writing mostly writing your own jokes. Yeah, you know, like and and I tried having writers um, because my dad, you know, was trying to help me along, and like I can't take someone else's words and make it my own. That's a special skill too. That's yeah. why I'm really acting. That's wasn't interesting. For me. I would have thought from the outside looking in that right. it is a natural thing, but you're saying it yeah, wasn't. No, it was not it, a natural. It, it was at least for me, it wasn't. You know, yeah. and so um, and and. and the, the pressure of having to be like, I'm good at the living room. I'm good in the living room. I'm well, good, that's the, lunch. the podcast. Right. That's the and Seth Rothstein at totally, the casino. Right. You know, the Flamingo. What was he? What was his? Cause was the, it Tangiers. The, the Tangiers. The Tangiers. Danny Tangiers. Right. Is, AKA. Right. Yeah. Been my nickname for years. But okay. So you're the podcasting makes total sense. Yeah. So you've got, you've been doing that for three, yeah, it's three been, years. It'll be three years. Ashton Junkies will, will be three years in this coming January. And uh, yeah, I started that with Jake Ellenberger, a buddy of mine who's a UFC fighter. Right. Uh, but and that I, focuses on. We talk about all things action, so anything that gets the blood flowing. So you know, obviously, since Jake's a fighter, and I love UFC and stuff, so we talk a lot about fighting. Uh, you know, I love poker. I'm, I've been, you know, I was raised in. It's hard to be raised in the casinos of Vegas and not uh, not play cards, not get sucked into uh, blackjack and yeah. poker and roulette and all that stuff. Right. And, and Jake's the same way. So. We've got some good war stories that, you know, that's kind of how it started with us just swapping war stories over lunch. And then we were like, we should do a podcast because people would like these stories. I mean, I've got crazy stories from, you know, playing roulette with Michael Jordan and turning uh, $600 into 22000 at the roulette wheel with Jordan and, uh, you know, won $100,000 on a horse race on a mistake ticket once. I mean, I've got some crazy and I've also got some absolutely horrific loss stories. I'm sure. Uh, you know, so we tell those on the podcast and... uh now I live in Vegas. I moved to Vegas a couple years ago. So uh, I became geographically undesirable for Jake. Yeah. Uh, so uh, now I have a new host, uh, Chad McBain. Uh, and it's been great. And we just started doing the shows on YouTube uh, about a month or two ago. Okay. And it's been going great. And then uh, in that time since moving to Vegas, I just did a deal with the Tropicana to do Vegas Junkies. I'm not going to host all the Junkies shows, Danny. Just these two. And then that's it. That's well, it. Don't worry. You don't have to hear me talk politics or uh, cars or <laughs> well, I can and... come help. The real yeah. estate junkies. I love I'll it. Help. Let's do I'll it. Help. Let's do it. I'm in. I love it. So tell me now about the new, the uh, the 
the, the Vegas Junkies is yeah. a little different. So. Yeah, so Vegas Junkies is more, uh, it, I host it with, uh, with uh, co-host uh, Natalie Tangerlini, uh, affectionately known as Natalini, because uh, mm-hmm. her last name is a mouthful. And uh, she's great. And that's more of like a, you know, a, a poor man's uh, Ryan Seacrest, Kelly Ripa type of thing. Okay. At least that's what we're going for. You know, just again, casual talk like this. Uh, but we focus not really on the gambling side of Vegas, more the entertainment people. side, the people, the properties. You know, we've had Terry Fader on the show. We just had DJ Ashba. I heard that. Guns and Roses yeah. and a lot of other yeah, stuff. Yeah, he blew us up. Like, it's funny. Like, I can't we just imagine started, the stories we just that started, he had to say about Guns and Roses oh, and touring. And, yeah, I even asked him in the beginning. I'm like, hey, so like Guns and Roses, you toured with them for like seven years. And like, I just picture like when you go to a hotel, you're just like tearing shit up. Like, is yeah. that what it's like? And he goes, how do you that's even, exactly what it's like. How do you even survive seven years on the road right. with Guns and Roses? Crazy. Seven nights. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, seven yeah. hours is about yeah. it. And your, your mind is going to blow. So so he was, he was on, what was he, the guitar player? He, he came replaced in. Slash. Yeah. Or I guess he replaced Slash's replacement mate. No, he replaced Slash. I yeah. Think. yeah. Well, you don't replace Slash, Correct. but he got the lucky Correct. opportunity to come in and step into that role, right. which he talks about yeah. openly. I mean, he knows. I mean, a little Slash was Slash. Yeah. He's, and then know. he left the band when Slash came back. So yeah. he was kind of a Slash's placeholder. Yeah. But uh, awesome. Yeah. 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 And he's a real cool guy, too. He's super down to earth, super uh, successful entrepreneur. He's got a water company. He's got a clothing line. Yeah. Like, he sounded uh, like a really funny. smart you can't judge a book. He's covered in tattoos, you know, yeah. and uh, he uh, he's he's really done all the right things to parlay to the, to the next thing. Clearly, he's figured it out. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about the Vegas action, the, uh, the UFC. Dana, yeah. I know you're a friend of Dana it's, White. What's going on there? Yeah, What's going on in the World Series of Poker? I mean, oh, man. For all of us that aren't like deep, deep, yeah. deep in it. Do you play you, poker at all? Do you, uh, you very little. I don't like to gamble. You don't gamble. You're smart. No, I work too hard. I hear it. I, when, you work, yeah. when you have a real job and you right. work this hard, it's like, ah, it makes sense. someone grabs a 20 for me, I'm going to wrestle them to the <laughs> death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I, I wish I had that. Uh, I, I wish I did. How do I get? How do I get to think like that? I need to hang around you more, yeah. Danny. Or Marv Levine. He can or Marv help. Marv Levine. Yeah. Or uh, yeah. you know, yeah. Sandorf, uh, Alan Sandorf, Marv right. Levine. Those guys. Right. They'll teach you a little bit right. about the old school. Yeah, I went the Another wrong route. Ins- I went the you wrong went the route. Other route. Yeah, I went you're the, a celebrity kid. Uh, you know, went to the yeah. dark side. You know, I didn't do alcohol or drugs as a vice. You know, but you like the gambling. Yeah, you know, I like the action. You like there the you action. Go. Uh, the adrenaline. Can't help it. But uh, yeah, I love living in Vegas. You know, um, obviously been going there since I was a kid, watching Dad, and went to UNLV, and um, you know, obviously tons of random trips with the guys. Yes, uh, we've had a lot of those. We've had years. a lot of those trips. Good, good trips. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, living there has been great. I mean, you know, I used to never understand how people could talk shit about LA. You know, because I'm an LA guy. I mean, yep. I love the Dodgers. You know, grew up here like you. You know, it's, we're LA people. Right. But right. when you leave LA. And you don't have to deal with that traffic, man. Really, it just comes down to the traffic. It just, it's too hard to go from, where do you, you live close to here? Yeah, What's your commute? Yeah. I lived in Chevy Hills. My commute now is five minutes to Beverly Hills. But okay. I was uh, going back and forth from Brentwood for 15 years. You know, I'm in my car all day. So Beverly right. Hills, Hancock Park, all right, you're driving Venice, anyway. Palisades, I'm driving. Right. But that is, it sure is nice to go home and it's five minutes. So, right. Uh, it should probably take five minutes. Sometimes it's 15 minutes, but it's... Yeah, it's crazy. Like when you have to go three miles, it takes an hour. Like, it's yeah, just, I can't it's bad. do it. Yeah, yeah you, know, you can't get around it. LA traffic is brutal. Yeah, and it's, then bang for your buck, this is probably a sensitive topic for you because you, you sell, you're, you're a realtor. Oh God, don't but, tell me okay, what you can get in I Henderson. Mean, it's or ridiculous. Are you in Henderson? Where I am are in you? Henderson, oh, yeah. You just I'm get just a renting crib. an apartment right now. I'm starting to look for houses now, and it's... Like, just like a different world? I mean, it, for... One point, what, 1.3 or something, you're looking at a hotel off of Melrose here with bars on the windows right yeah. on top of each other. And 1.3 in Henderson gets you a palace you would want to die in. It's a Mike like, Tyson spread. Seriously. <laughs> it gets you 5,000 square feet. Oh, my God. For That's, half a million. Oh, Painful. I know, and no state taxes. You need to move. Danny. I need to move. Well, you need to once move to you do the real estate junkies, I can get an income. I'm boom. I'm out. Okay, we need to liquidate do that. and move. Yeah, <laughs> liquidate and move. So, what is going on with the UFC? And you know, it's exploded. It's now as big as any sport. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it wasn't always like that. But what's the, what's? Give me some insight, some stories. It's pretty crazy. Some... You know, Dana White breaks it down the best. You know, it's like he always says, like fighting is in our DNA, and so it was really just a matter of time before UFC. The UFC kind of took off. 
off. You know, I remember when they first started it, like back in like maybe 93, something like that. Um, it was considered barbaric. Uh, mm -hmm. There were no weight classes. You'd see a guy in like a gi, like a little karate suit, you know, <laughs> up against, you know, someone like Butterbean, wow. you know, and they would fight. Um, and it was it was the battle of seeing like, you know, in a street fight, which discipline would be the best, right? right. Karate versus boxing, boxing versus wrestling, versus judo grappling. versus this, yeah. that, grappling. Jitsu, right. this, that. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, I remember like even I was turned off in the beginning because it was super bloody. Like it was just like it was gruesome. Yeah, it looked pretty much like it was bare knuckle. Like they had really thin little gloves on, you oh. know. And that might actually have been bare knuckle in the beginning. I don't quote me. Were on they that. in cages in the beginning? Was it always in like? Yeah, the yeah. Um, so that was from the beginning. Yeah, it, it was just I can't even remember. Yeah, what, it was, how it, it was started. crazy. Like, but then you know, as after Dana got the Fertitas to buy it, yeah. uh, the UFC, and they dumped a lot of money into it, something like thirty million or forty million dollars over a whatever three to five year span. Yeah. Um, they turned it into a global monster. I mean, they yeah. sold it for four billion. As I'm what a sure great, you know, what a great investment, right? But yeah. at the time, you know, people probably thought they were nuts putting right. money into it. Why would you put money into that? But yeah. they obviously knew something that yeah. none of us knew. And they have cool personalities. You know, like you were talking before we started. You know, about Randy Couture. Yeah. You know, one of the pioneers, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz. They yeah, kind of those guys kind of put it on the map. Yeah. And then you the pioneers. Right. And then you got like Anderson Silva, who is really good, you know, um, and you had George St. Pierre in Canada. You started getting these people from around the world. So it big, you know, the, the world's eyes were focused on it. And now it's uh, it's exciting. You've never been to a fight. I'm going to make you a fan. I'm yes. going to turn you into a fan. I am you a gotta... fan. I've just never got sucked right. into it. But I bet if I went to a fight, I'd be blown away. Because yeah. I was a huge boxing fan growing up. Right. And it was a major void when boxing, sort of the end of Tyson's career right. was the end of my love of boxing. It sort of broke my heart. And I'm a huge Mike Tyson fan, yeah. both as his career when he was just a savage. And even now, he's such a... He's changed. He's such a just deep, sensitive, yeah. loving guy. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, how do you reconcile those two yeah. things? But uh, my love of boxing, you know, coming out of the heyday with Sugar Ray and Hagler and Leonard and yep. uh, end of Muhammad Ali yep. and Larry, and then leading up through tight. And then it just dropped off. We had a little research, you know, the like Vander Holyfield. Pacquiao. And, yeah, and, then you got a little Mayweather, Pacquiao. Wayweather is fun, which Mayweather, is very. De La Hoya yeah, cool, De La Hoya. But that, that was it, right? That you was had it. two guys, three guys. a couple guys. And it, so it's not, you know, it hasn't been as exciting. I haven't right. had the passion. It's coming back, though. Have you been paying attention yeah. now? Like yeah, it's with Deontay back. Wilder and. Tyson Fury, like there's some guys. There's now, some great fighters um, now. And the, I also, the, uh, the Anthony Joshua just got knocked out by uh, An is it Anthony Ruiz or Andy Ruiz? Anthony Ruiz, yeah. Uh, um, you know, first Mexican heavyweight yeah. champion. That was so um, fun to yeah. see that. I mean, yeah, that guy you know, was overweight so, and boom, he's the heavyweight yeah. champion. What he, is got, it? he should get in shape. He might be able to make yeah, a run. I think he probably will now. Yeah, yeah. now he's probably got the money to, to get trainers and diet. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Like, how far can that guy to really right. take it if he was all in? Right. That'd be interesting. But I, th I mean, it was so exciting with McGreg McGregor and Mayweather, however much Hollywood hoopla it is. That was so, that was unbelievable. It was. It was bittersweet for me. I mean, obviously, I Oh, yeah. Connor you had to wear I, a diaper. What happened I ended up in a diaper because I made a bet with a rival, just some friends that host uh, the MMA junkie. No relation to me. So when you me. say you wore a diaper, I don't I remember seeing it on social oh, media. Were you yeah. like, a, how did you fit into a diaper? It was I a mean, real diaper? It was like a like a, a old man diaper got it yeah i doubled Depends. up so it would look like and I was you went out in public too. yeah in Vegas. yeah so the bet was originally that i would <laughs> i would if uh, mcgregor lost I'd, I'd walk around mandalay bay in a diaper for 30 minutes and so then obviously the fight was on a saturday night so the following morning on sunday i tweeted hey i'll be at mandalay bay tomorrow walking around in a diaper 9 a.m for 30 minutes and i'm gonna be on the mma junkie radio show yeah, yeah. um and so i get there and uh, actually, on my way there, they called me and they're like, hey, you can't, you can't, don't be wearing a diaper when you walk into the hotel because security, of course, I tagged Mandalay. Security, yes. security calls and they're like, hey, uh, no, uh, -uh not going to happen. <laughs> there will be, there'll be no adult male walking around this yeah. casino in a diaper. We don't care about your bet. Yeah, like, not going to happen. Right. <laughs> so we settled on, I would have to sit on their set. Uh, they have like a their set. It looks like a, they have like a cage behind them and uh, like a sports center kind of desk, yeah. right? So, so I you're just sitting sit in there in front of the desk, like not like I'm on the I panel. Think that's even the footage I saw, right? Holding like maracas and a tambourine. Uh, in a diaper with a sign next to me that says I was dumb enough to bid on Conor McGregor and now I have to wear this diaper. 
uh, and I wasn't allowed to speak. Their show, by the way, is two hours long. So You're I sitting there in a diaper for two hours? For two hours, on, and they're live. Oh. They're live on Sirius XM and then live on like uh, uh, YouTube, you know, whatever. So at the end, I thought it was bet paid. They were like, that wasn't embarrassing enough. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> because they're like, really, the, the thing was you had to be publicly shamed. And we can't see the reaction on our listeners and watchers' faces. So we've been cheated. So they're like, we're going to have to go out on the strip and you're going to walk around in this diaper on the strip. On the strip. So I was a good Wonderful. sport. And I was like, okay. Did you get arrested? Fine. No, you would think, right? Yeah, Vegas. It's Vegas. Danny, anything goes. You can do anything, right? So, uh, yeah. So we went out on the strip, actually on the bridge that connects like New York, New York and uh, Excalibur. Oh, that uh, bridge? Right, right. Yeah, like, the one I hang out on all the right, time. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so I was uh, sitting, standing on the, this bridge and people were walking by, taking pictures of me. So embarrassing. And then like two days later, I flew here to L.A., I swear on my life, true story. So that ended up. So the good thing is, it blew up my podcast. Oh, great! Yeah, we ended up with eighteen million All right, impressions. Let's get diapers on. Yeah, you should do the show in diapers. And diapers. It'll do wonders for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Some Maybe hold a rattle. Yeah. yeah, I'll send you my maraca. You know, I'm going to try to replicate um, the uh, yeah, yeah. diaper incident. Do it. You look good in diapers oh, too. Right. You know, oh, adult sure. huggies. They're great. nice. Perfect. They're, they're so comfy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I ended up on the front page of like Bleacher Report, ESPN.com, SportsIllustrated.com. I was Colin Cowherd featured me. I do remember yeah, this now that you crazy. got some some pub some yeah. publicity. Out. So yes. I'm on a flight from Vegas to L.A. Like literally two or three days later, and uh, I he- I feel tap 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 on my shoulder. I look to my right, two two like college looking dudes. They're like, "Are you the diaper guy?" I'm like. Wow. Yeah. That's you. That's me. So do you, um, you, were you really thinking Conor McGregor was going to win? Because there was a lot of serious fight fans that knew yeah. a lot that thought he really would win that fight. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, you know, being a fight fan and understand apparently his style and his explosiveness and his mental toughness is so unique that people right. thought he really has have a good chance, even though McGregor's the, you know, Best, uh, excuse me, Wayweather is the best pound for pound fighter sure. in the world, no doubt about it. Yeah, but and he was actually beating this him. First, yeah. I if hate, you hear them analyzing the fight, he was actually totally there too. And yeah, leading and dominating the fight, and Mayweather, being a very crafty fighter, switched up his style, which he never does because right. no one can usually compete. And with he him. started walking him down, and he started doing things differently. And McGregor wasn't. No he didn't, he didn't yeah. prepare for that. And was, no gas in the tank. Yeah. So uh, what a fascinating yeah. thing. When I he landed that uppercut, you know, I don't like, remember that. Yeah. Because like, this Connor be has thunder in that left. You know? So I just thought he's just got to connect one time on the button with that left. And Floyd's going to sleep. But what that wasn't the case. What an incredible guy. What yeah. mental toughness when you hear him talk about where he came from yeah. in Ireland and poor and no, no welfare, uh, welfare years, and working, years ago. working construction site and had no chance. And yeah. and here he, here he is unreal mental yeah. toughness. It really so is. there's so many stories you can get into. And I, you, you, if there's anything you can share with us, I know there's, I don't know where even go Vegas stories, entertainer stories, growing Man. up in Hollywood stories. If there's anything that stands out that you're comfortable sharing, yeah, I well, would love to hear some, some it's, stuff. It's, it's really nuts for me now. Uh, because, you know, I grew up so lucky, as you know, and met everyone just because of my dad between his TV show and just being my dad. Yeah. You know, so it was you, just you, normal. You, you meet know, yeah. athletes and you meet famous people. Yeah. And like now they're starting to come on their po- on the podcast, which That's is fun. so crazy. Like, you know, even like Jerry Royce, I had him on I love like a month Jerry ago Royce. or whatever. I saw and, that. and, you know, I know our listeners probably don't really care about Jerry Royce, but like some of that's just selfish yeah. for me. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like sit down with a guy yeah, that yeah, pitched yeah. a no hitter, yeah. you know, won a World, World Series, Series, played 20 years in the big Unbelievable. leagues. Come on. And I remember literally sitting in Tommy Lasorda's office in the locker room uh, when I was like 10 years oh old and oh Jerry God. standing literally naked, uh, <laughs> like comes out of the shower. Like they had these, they give these guys these towels, these like big league players. It's like what you would call a hand towel. <laughs> they have for like their waist, like it's pointless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so most of them Here just go Jerry without. Roy, you know? He's a pretty big and guy. And literally they're like, you know, it's like after the game and like, you know, he's just drying himself <laughs> off talking to Tommy, literally naked. naked. I'm sitting on the couch. Ten. Jerry Royce is like 6'6". Six, yeah. six. 
So you're making eye contact. If you do the math, like we're seeing eye to eye, but with the wrong eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, uh, yeah. So like things like that, it's just so surreal to me. Like, and then to have him on the podcast or like, I just reached out to Jay Leno, who like opened for my dad when I was uh, maybe 13 years old in Reno or Tahoe somewhere. And um, I remember... uh, Jay watched the whole show backstage, my dad's show after Jay opened, you know, he was watching my dad perform. And so I was backstage too. Incredible. I'm like literally 12, 13 years old. And Jay, for some reason, grabbed a, a, a electrical tape, like a big roll of electrical tape, started at my ankles and was just, and wrapped me up so fast. Like I had no clue why, you know, and then like pushed me out on stage. And like, I ended up like hobbling out on stage. And that was part you know, of the stick. Yeah. And that was just part of his thing. But like to go from that to now, like, Talking to him, like uh, I'm not positive I'm going to get him yet, but you know, I think he'll do it. Oh, you're going to get him. Come on, but, Jay. You know, it's like it's so crazy to me to like think like to go from point A to point B or Life. maybe even A to Z. Let's call it. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Full like circle. Yeah. What is this Michael Jordan story? I feel like I've heard that you told me this like ten years <clears throat> oh, ago, man. probably sitting at a blackjack table yeah. or in Vegas with all those our guys, but I can't. Yeah, I yeah. kind of forgot so, what happened. So February. I remember the day, Danny, because <laughs> you don't you, you do. don't forget that day. You don't so, forget. When MJ's February, in the building. Right? So February 18th, 1993, was I was working you at Front young. Runners. Young, <laughs> young, young. Excuse me. So I'm working at Front Runners at the time, but I'm living in Hidden Hills at my dad's. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, very convenient. Brentwood here, Front Runners. Right, and you know, driving, yeah. no. So exactly. So you just hit on it. So, you know, that's at least an hour. I mean, the gas money's in, probably more than you get in paid. The yeah, actually, hour. it was pretty good. Commission. It was pretty good. That, oh, yeah, that they gig. get commissions. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. Best job ever, actually. <laughs> that um, was a good one. Yeah, it was my only normal job I ever really had, to be honest. So that's probably why it was the best job. Um, but uh, so it's pouring down rain. And I know that it's going to be a tough commute from Hidden Hills. So I leave. I'm responsible. I got to be there at nine. The store doesn't even open till 10, but you got to like fold clothes and stuff before yeah, yeah. you open. And uh, so I leave my dad's at seven. I don't get to the parking lot here in Brentwood until literally 9.15. So I'm 15 minutes late. Took two hours and 15 minutes. This was the first day of like this crazy seven-day storm that ended up being like on CNN and all this crazy yeah. stuff back then, right? So like like car, like up halfway to the traffic light, like the cars yeah. were floating, floating down, down. Ventura, you know. <laughs> so it was like it was like mayhem, you know. It's like, yeah. you know, storm in the Southland. Yeah. You know how they do it. Yeah. So, um, Everyone's freaking out. Right. So we get there, and, or I get there, and there's nowhere to park. And so I literally park like two blocks away because we're not allowed to park in the parking lot. That's for customers, oh, right? Of course. So I park like a couple blocks away on Dorothy Street yeah. somewhere, like Barrington, Dorothy, yeah. right? So those even Darlington, intersect. Darlington, of Darlington, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so um, and you're walking in the rain, dude. I'm sprinting in the rain, and I'm like, it's just puddle after puddle after yeah. puddle, and like to like when I finally get to the store, my socks are like. Yeah, sh- people sh- don't understand when it rains in LA. The drainage system doesn't work because it's, it's not used to being rain. It's filled with trash, and so when it rains, everything floods immediately. Ending. Yeah. 10 minutes of rain, it's a flood. Right, right, right. It's headline news, <laughs> yeah. right? So I get to the store, and the manager doesn't want to let me in. Now, granted, I've known this manager since I'm seven years old from shopping at Front Runners yeah, as a yeah, kid. Of course, everyone and now I'm 22, there. right? Yeah. So he won't let me in because it's my third time late it's in six third. months. Strike three. Strike three. And they put this policy into play because, because of, of me. It's a John Orlando clause. Right. Yes. <laughs> They're like, we're going to have, there's got to be consequences for this, you know, because I was good at sales. So it was like, what do you do? You know, yeah. what do you do? It's star, like, the star I was sales like the very was, bonds of, yeah. of shoes of Al Bundy's. He's, like, uh, you so, know? he's so like, good, but right. his attitude is just late. I don't, I don't take batting practice with the team. Yeah. You know? Alan Iverson, well, practice, right. no practice. I'm not coming in to fold shirts. I'll <laughs> yeah. see you at 10 for the real work. <laughs> yeah. You layman's fold yeah. the shirts I'll and just socks. start draining yeah. threes, hitting home runs. Yeah. And you unpack a box of wigwams. I ain't doing it. So... I, uh, yeah, so I get to the door. So he basically fires me, whatever, like, you oh, know, yeah. Crushing. Yeah, crushing. So now I go back home. Actually, I go to my mom's apartment, which was five minutes from Front Runners. You know, I would like to make things complicated. Yeah. Why stay five minutes away no, no. when you could commute for An two hour, hours? Three, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Or two hours. So I did what any responsible human being would do the day you get fired from your job, Danny. I got on a plane. And I flew to Vegas. Okay. Yeah. That's what most responsible people would do. Right? Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. So I had in my wallet, I had a 
Super Bowl winning ticket. So remember, this is February 18th. So the Super Bowl back then was the first Sunday in February. Or sorry, was the last Sunday in January. You now it's it. the first Sunday in February. You, were, you had a winning ticket. I had a cash. winning ticket. Dallas Cowboys. What, 50 to win. bucks or something? No, 200 bucks at the beginning Woo! of the season. I always do 200 bucks at the beginning of the season. They were 10 to 1 that year. And that's the year they first beat the Buffalo Bills 52 to 17. Two grand. At the time, largest margin of victory in Super Bowl history. At the time, you're intrigued. I like it. So uh, two grand, so you two want? grand. I'm going to collect. You're right? in 1993. Yeah, right. Big dollars. Yeah. Big dollars. That's yeah. like you went IPO and so hundred percent out. Retire. Yeah. Never work again. Never work yeah. again. No. Right. I mean, that is so far from my reality. Back, I would never in a million years have gotten fired and got. I, yeah, crazy man. Yeah. So, so this was your year. I'm going yeah. to Vegas. I got two G's. Yeah, I got two G's, and so I blow through the two G's in literally 15 minutes playing blackjack. Wow. Betting like a lunatic at that age. Yeah. Very upsetting. Very so upsetting. Again, I did the next responsible move, which was take some money off the credit card. Great. To get it back. Just max it. Yeah, which at the time, I think my limit was literally like $500. Yeah, so you limit. got four ninety nine out. Yeah, right, you... with the fees. And all <laughs> yeah. that. I probably got five and then overdrafted the yeah. card or whatever, and then double penalty. Yeah. Like, right? It was that. Oh, and you owed five them. cost eight. Yeah, right? you owed them 50 bucks at For the sure. end of it. So, uh, I love it. wait, I thought you didn't gamble. You know a lot about this, I, No, Danny. I know a lot you, about it, friends. which is why I don't gamble. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag degenerate friends. Yes. Okay. So I blow through the 500. Now I'm starting to freak out. I'm like, oh my God, this is awful. Like reality starting to set in, lost my job. What am I going to do? So back then, I, I guess you still could now, but like back then we actually, you probably remember the day when you'd walk around with a checkbook. Yeah. You remember those days, right? When you Wait actually, a minute. Yes. You've got a checkbook in Vegas and you're writing checks? Yes. So I wrote a check to the casino because I don't know if you remember this. There was Wait, a time. your check or was it like your dad's it checkbook? No, no, it was my check. My check. Your name. Yeah, my name. But you know, like. There was a time if you're if you you're like listening to this left in it. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you're under let's say 40 and you're listening yeah. to this, um there was a time you could write on a piece of paper essentially an IOU. Yes. Right? And then you could Hand give it. them this piece of paper and then someone would give you goods and services or even money Cash, yeah. for it, which is crazy what to me. What a concept now. Right. Yeah, what a concept. Now, you can't cash a check anymore, yeah. can you? Does can anyone you, take a check? Can you imagine a 20-year-old in a casino writing a check today? This is like insanity <laughs> that they let this go, right? So I wrote this check. I remember I wrote a check for – now, in Vegas, the rule is back then – I don't know what it is now, but back then, you were allowed to write one check for $200 per trip, and at 14 days – constitutes a trip so their their computers were all linked up to all the other casinos so you couldn't go to like caesars and write 200 mirage and write 200 you couldn't Ooh, do that right? high tech so, security. So they, were, they were they were connected financial security system set up right but you knew a loophole if you well it just the loophole was the was the last name right so if you knew someone and someone knew you let's say you had a dad that maybe had a name in that town whatever and you had the gift of gab which <laughs> not to pat myself on the back danny b i might have yeah, the gift. i'd say you do uh <laughs> i wrote a one thousand dollar check what? to the mirage <laughs> i uh, can't believe this i lost all of that they gave you a thousand bucks a thousand bucks for this piece of paper that says i've got the money in the bank so you get a thousand danny we, it, I sold shoes. It was good money, but there was not an extra thousand in the bank no, for this of course transaction. Okay, of course not. So I lose that, and I'm like, oh my god, what have I done? So again, Danny, I've, I've clearly on that day on February 18th, I'm making a string of responsible decisions. Yes, I see um, a pattern so, here. Yeah, I see a yes, pattern history, building, and history repeats itself. And I see know? momentum building. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, well, <laughs> let me just. I know they're all linked up on the computer, but why don't I just go next door to Caesars from the Mirage? It's just a hop, skip, and a jump. And let's just talk to them and see. You know, Dad has headlined at Caesars, right? So maybe I can get some love. Oh, so I write a thousand dollar check to them. I get the money, right? Wow. So now I go back to the Mirage because it's like personal. I want the money that they took from they me, owe right? You. So I sit down on a blackjack table and I'm playing blackjack and I blow through 400 of the thousand really quick. Now I've got 600 and now somehow the reality, even for my twisted brain at the time, it has now sunk in that there needs to be a new game plan. And the new game plan was uh, my return flight was at 6 p.m. Uh, it's maybe now like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> So my new plan was 
Okay. This is unreal. Go slow. Stop betting like a lunatic. Last until you have to go to the airport. Go to the airport. Go back to L.A. It's a Friday. February 18th is a Friday. On Monday, go back to Front Runners. Put your tail between your legs and get your job back. Beg for your job. That's the new plan. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sitting there with the blackjack table. Remember, it's Friday afternoon, like two o'clock. So Vegas is kind of empty. Not everybody's in town yet. You know, it's a weekend yep. town. And my dealer says, oh, look, there's Dr. J. So I turn around thinking, you know. Julius Irving's in the house? Right. So I turn around, but it's not. It's not Dr. J. It's Michael Jordan. It's MJ. Yeah. He's called him Dr. J. So I say, that's not Dr. J. That's Michael Jordan. What are you talking about? So she argues with me. I'm like, whatever. So now, you know how like when you're in the casino, kind of you do this, like you end up doing a lap sometimes, right? Yeah, of course. A lot of laps. So Jordan comes back around for the second lap. And she's like, look, there he is. There he is again. There's Michael. You know, sorry. There's Dr. Dr. J. J. I turn around. I'm like, what is wrong with you? So I even show her. I'm like, look, I'm wearing the shoes. Like, it's, that is Michael. J- How do you not know who Michael Jordan is? Right. Yeah. So finally, I'm fed up with her. So I yell as he's like, he's got his back to me. He's, already, he's probably 20 feet from me. I go, hey, Mike. She, he turns around. I point at the dealer and I say, she thinks you're Dr. J. <laughs> He comes walking over to the table. He sits down. He does the classic joke. I know, lady. We all look alike, right? right. You couldn't say that now. But yeah. it's okay. I'm quoting yes, Jordan, so yes. don't, don't come down on me, people. Yeah. Okay? So he sits down, and now it's literally, he has no entourage, no assistant, Just no friend. It is Michael Jordan by himself with an unlit cigar in his mouth. Okay? <laughs> and, and so we're sitting there playing blackjack, and I am freaking out because, like, even though, and you've met your, you grew up here and you run yeah, in the yeah. circles, like you've met celebs and st- you know, we, you get uh, immune to it, right? It's like, yeah. it's not a big deal. But when it's an athlete on it's that Michael level, Jordan, I don't care else. who you've met, it's a big deal, yeah. right? So instantly, you know, I know the unwritten rule is uh, if you meet a celebrity or, or an athlete or something and you have a famous father, you must disclose this information <laughs> as fast as humanly possible because it makes you not just some regular plebeian. You come up yes. you come up a notch. You're not a peer. You're yeah. somewhere between p- uh, plebeian and peer, right? <laughs> there you go. So uh, I, he starts singing songs. He's like, oh, I used to watch the show and the Tellman Joyce and Tile Ribbon and Knock Three Times, right? So I'm That's like, this hilarious. is crazy. And in my head, I'm like, I'm playing blackjack with Michael Jordan. And I'm just spending like $25 a hand, which is still a lot back then. I mean, the reality is you that, know? that's a but day's work like, at right. the So I'm like, win, right, exactly. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, win, you know, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. So after maybe 30 minutes or so, I say to Mike, no clue why, I go, do you want to play roulette? Do you like roulette? He's like, I love roulette. That's my game. I'm like, let's go. So now me. And Michael Jordan, get up from the blackjack table. It's crazy, right? It's insane. So we get up from the blackjack table, and we walk to the roulette. This is at the Mirage. We walk to the roulette wheel, and I've got 600 bucks. And uh, now it's like getting, I've got maybe 30 minutes before I know i got to start going to the airport, right? And so I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm already down like four grand. Like, this is awful day. I mean, that's like, like being down four million. Oh, my God. It's borderline <laughs> tears, right? Yeah. But it's like just fighting through it right now. But I know there will be a moment of shedding tears, whether it's yeah. on the plane, in the parking garage, uh, back so in LA. So you knew there was hell to pay at some point. Totally. So I normally I play the same numbers at roulette. I play 7, 9, 11, 26, and 30. They are all right next to each other on the wheel. And my favorite number was 11. And the reason why I started playing 7, 9, 26, and 30 is because I got so sick of saying, damn it, it's right next door to 11. Or damn it, it's two doors down from 11. So now I'm like, let me get two doors down on the left, two, two doors. doors down on the right. Got it. Seven, You're nine, playing 11, real estate. Okay. Yep. So I tell Jordan, I say, I play these numbers. I make this bold statement. I was always into bold statements, you know? Real confident. So, right, right. So I've got 600 bucks. I've got six black chips, right? So I tell him. Mike, because I can call him Mike, because we're friends. Your boys. We're bonded yeah. through blackjack, right? Yeah. So I tell him, look, these are the numbers I normally play. That's five numbers. I have another hundred. I'm putting a hundred on twenty-three for you, right? <laughs> so he puts two hundred on twenty-three, which is table max at the time. Got right? it. It pays thirty-five to one. So if I win, I'm getting thirty-five hundred bucks. He's getting seven grand. He puts a thousand dollars on red because twenty-three is red. Right. The lady spins the ball and I tell her while it's spinning, I said, I swear on my life, if you hit any one of my numbers, I will give you five hundred dollars. I'll take three grand. You take five hundred and I am happy. Right. What do you think it hits? No way. Twenty three. No way. Twenty three. No. Twenty three. 
okay? I'm freaking out. I'm high-fiving Jordan to the point where my hand is like raw and red, okay? It's itchy. I'm, I'm smacking yeah. his hand so hard, screaming. Like, I can't believe this. Like, three, like I'm back. Like, I'm still down, but I'm back now. You're like, back. who cares, you know? It's worth it. If it cost a thousand to me, Michael Jordan, it was worth it, it was to worth me for the story, right? <laughs> so... The very next spin, I tell Mike, I'm like, funny you said 11. So I say, I say, Mike, you got to bet on 11. That's my favorite number. Bet on 11. That's in honor of Travis Woods. Okay. You got to bet, you gotta bet yes. on number 11. Okay. So, so shout out to Travis Woods. Travis team Woods. in the house. So, yes. uh, so great baseball I player. I do the same. Great baseball player, right? Man. How did he not make the major leagues? It uh, makes me ill. Yeah. It's a separate podcast. Yeah. Separate podcast. Damn it, Travis. Attitudes. Attitudes. Um, so anyway. Uh, Mike puts 100 on 11. He puts 200 on 23 for the next spend. He puts another 1,000 on red. I do my same bet, 7, 9, 11, 26, 30, and 23, because you never know. Maybe it repeats. And I tell the dealer, same thing. You hit my number. You're getting 500 bucks. Boom. 11. True no. story. I am now standing on top of my, my chair at roulette, right? So I can rub I on my life. <laughs> you're, on you're my rubbing life, I am rubbing Jordan's <laughs> dome. Okay? All right? And screaming with my arms up in the air like DiCaprio on the bow of the that Titanic sucks. long before he did it. He took that move from me. I'm positive. <laughs> and uh, to the point where security comes oh over, you know, makes me get down. I'm in trouble for being crazy. There is a crowd of Asians around us <laughs> taking pictures of me and George. People asking me if they can take a picture with him. And I'm like, now I'm like his security guard. Yeah, and I, weigh, like, well, hey. I weigh 145 pounds at the time, right? And I'm like, no, no, no pics, no pics, no pics, you know. So uh, who comes walking up to the roulette wheel right after that? Dr. J. No. So she kind of had it right. So if you look this up, you will find that the NBA All-Star Game was in Salt Lake City in 1993. Okay. And back now today, the format, I'm not a big basketball guy, but today I believe the format is rookie game on Friday, slam dunk Saturday, Something game on like Sunday. Yeah. Back then it was just All on game one. on Sunday. Yeah. Or Saturday or Sunday, whatever, whatever it, was. it was. So what do you, if you're a millionaire player, what are you going to do? Sit Chill in, Salt in Salt Lake or come to Vegas? Yeah. Before you come to Vegas, right? Yeah. So Jordan ends up leaving with Dr. J. He gives me a card with his assistant's name on it oh and says, God. hey, and your dad or if you and dad are ever in Chicago, you want to come to a game, call the office. We'll take care of you. Tell them who you are. Blah, 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 blah. He leaves. I end up walking. I tell that dealer, same deal. Every time I hit one of my numbers, you're getting 500 bucks. I walked away from that roulette wheel with $22,000. Drop the mic. Drops that, the mic. That is one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. I've heard bits and pieces through the years you've told me. To hear it all at once, that's a true story. It's crazy, of, right? Wow. And then six months later, Jordan, I don't know if you remember this, literally six months later, he retired from basketball. He had the gambling thing with yeah. the golf or whatever, uh, right? Do you, yeah, do you all sorts all of issues. And yeah, his yeah, dad yeah. passed away. His dad passed away, and it was like a, it was like controversial, and he stepped yeah. away, so I never got to take him up on the basketball. I know he came back to play. Came back later, but it was... Eh, whatever. Yeah, and then I thought it was weird, like, hey, I met you gambling, so I was like, that might be weird, so I was just like, oh, well, forget it. Yeah. Oh, God. But I've seen him since. I have never mentioned that story to him, um, but I have introduced myself as Tony's son to, like, remind him, yeah. and he's like, oh, hey, how's your dad, whatever, but he, I was always thinking, like, like, do you remember? You do remember that, right? For him, yeah. I was like, oh, I want well, another, I like, another like, day. I got so many gambling stories, yeah, like, his, that probably imagine. was a nothing story to him. That right? was a classic. Right? That was a good one. Yeah. Man, I don't know where to go from there. I Crazy, think, man. Anything else you want to share with us today man, on this podcast? Because I, I, like, I, I have a real estate question okay. for you. I may have or may so not have an answer. I am at the point I want to start really seriously looking into getting a house. Yeah. But now a lot of people are telling me, don't buy a house right now because it's there's going to be a crash. What Woo. are your What are your thoughts on that, Danny Brown? I oh, want you to tell oh me what to do. Well, this is what I do. Okay. I have a crystal ball in here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite crystal. That's a red crystal ball. I like it. This ball. Oh, yeah. It's a little controversial. That's an agency ball, oh. but now I made it compass. But that's a whole nother story. I love it for another podcast. Okay. But um, you know what? Nobody has any clue. Real estate always goes in cycles. We've been on an up cycle for many years in LA. You got to talk about what market you're in because Vegas is different from New York, which is already slowing down versus LA. Everything goes in cycles. There will be an adjustment. Uh, whether it's now, whether it's in a year, whether it's in five years, no one knows. It does seem that Trump has a good chance of staying in office as much as people are upset about that. Yep. Um, and that's good for real estate, good for business. 
So it could run longer than people expect. I don't know when it's going to happen. There will be an adjustment. Is it going to be a hardcore crash like the Great Recession? I doubt it. Uh, The the fundamentals and the financing and the banking is a lot different now than it was back in 2008 and 2009. So if it does adjust, which it will, it it shouldn't be as severe. Uh, But again, I always say don't buy anything on spec. If you're buying something, buy it long term, have a 10 year outlook. And, and that was my a, next question was like, even if there is a crash, does it even matter? It like, matters, it, right? But you got, if you can afford your mortgage and right. afford your situation and it's long term, eventually the cycle is going to come back and it's going to appreciate, especially if you're in a very desirable area and growth areas like right. LA, uh, Vegas as well has been explosive growth, a little, mm-hmm. obviously different than LA in different ways. But so look, the other side of this coin is right now we're at historical uh, low interest rates. And if you can go get a, a jumbo loan for three and a half, four percent and you're and the market, you know, think about if that goes up 25 percent and you, you know paying just if you're paying five percent in three years. So if that goes up 20 percent, your the cost of money goes up 20 percent, but then the prices drop 20 percent. You're kind of level on what you're paying right. every month. Anyway, there's no perfect answer. You don't do it unless you know you can withstand long term and there's no way to time the market. And if you have a great situation where you're paying low rent, I always say, well, then, you know, just take your time. There's no rush. But also, if you have a great opportunity to buy and lock in low interest rates, nothing wrong with that either. But I wouldn't do it on spec. If someone's like, hey, I got to flip this thing in a year or two. Am I going to make money and get rich? I'd say, that's crazy. Go to Vegas. Right, right, go right, hang right. out with John O and Michael Jordan go. and play roulette and bet on 23. Always got, bet on 23. Always bet on 23. But yeah, that's, a, that's the uh, crystal ball answer. All right. Yeah. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. That's the real deal. That is the real deal. So, Dude, John, this was a lot of fun, man. I'm so glad I've got to hang out and do this. And we're not in Vegas at some club where we can barely hear each other. And right? I got you in between meetings. So thank you for sharing these stories. Thank you. Hopefully I'll get out to a fight soon with you're you. You're going to get out to a fight and you're coming on Action Junkies. I'd love to come on Action okay. Junkies. And I'd love to us all to get a little Vegas trip going. It's been a yeah, few years. So. I know. What happened? We well, got our, old. Our we have tri- kids. Our trip melted this year. Huh? Yeah. You know, I have a dad body. I have kids. Well, yeah, it's okay. hard to get to Vegas, but. Yeah. John Orlando, legend. Thank you. Love it. Good to see you, brother. You too, man. Hey, thank John Orlando for coming in and chopping it up with us on the deal. You can always find John at John Orlando, John spelled J-O-N. You can also find him at Action Junkies Podcast and at Vegas Junkies Podcast. You got to tune in. He's got some great guests on his podcast. It's fantastic information and just a lot of fun. So I appreciate John hanging out with us, going to the Dodgers game with me. See you soon. Peace out.